by the way. Good morning, church. How is everyone doing? You look so lively for the first service of the day, eh? (laughs) But you're looking good. Someone turn to your neighbor and say, today is the day that the Lord has made. And turn to your other neighbor and say, I will rejoice and I will be glad in it. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Oh, ladies, you're looking absolutely fantastic this morning. Wow. As Pastor Tavara said, today we'll be continuing with the I Am series. Um, and as we all know, and I think we've all been here for those series, these were, these were a series of statements that Jesus made in the, in the book of John. And um, in actual fact, there are actually seven of these statements. We've looked at five, and just as a quick recap, if anyone can remember, we've looked at I am the good shepherd, I am the bread of life, I am the light of the world, I am the door, wow, I remember them, and last week we looked at I am the resurrection and the life. And as Pastor Tafara said this morning, we want to look at um, one of his other statements. And in, you know, in, in reality, it's actually the final statement that he made just before he went on the cross. So it really is the, the climax of all of his I am statements. And this statement is, I am the vine. And we're going to be looking at John 15. Because of, of time, we're only going to be looking at verses 1 to 8. If we can have those in the King James Version, please. And Pastor Tafara really challenged me uh, when he asked me to preach. Um, here I am, I'm so used to preaching about favor. I'm so used to teaching about the word, speaking the word, do the word, speak the word. I'm so used to speaking about we are well able, let's do this. And now I had to preach about I am the vine. And, and I, really, I really did, it, it challenged me. But as I really got into John 15 this week, sure, my, my eyes really opened up to this, this awesome statement. And, and my, my, my desire this morning is that as we, as we really just read through verses 1 to 8, it, it may open up your eyes. And we may just really just extract every ounce of juice, every ounce of nutrition in these verses because they're, they're, they're truly quite, quite profound and they will change your life. You will be blessed. Okay. So this morning I'm going to do something that's quite different. I'm actually going to teach. I'm really not going to preach. God really has instructed me to teach line upon line, precept upon precept. So we're literally going to look at line upon line, and we're going to just maximize on the juice that we can get in these verses. Amen. So just to give you some context, once again, um, the, Jesus and his disciples had just had the Last Supper, and here they were on their way to the Garden of Gethsemane. And I think, as you can imagine, just to maybe just describe the mood here, the disciples were feeling quite anxious, right? Maybe perhaps even quite fearful about what was going to happen. So, so in this mood, in this, in this environment, Jesus starts speaking to them. And so he says to them in John 15, verse 1, he says, I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Other versions of the Bible translate husbandman as the vine dresser, vine keeper, right? So here Jesus is saying, my father, who is God, is the vine dresser, the vine keeper. So God has that responsibility, one, not only of planting the vine, but also of keeping the vine, protecting the vine, maintaining the vine. That's his responsibility. So Jesus says, I am the true vine. And, and if you know me, when I read scripture, I challenge I read scripture quite critically, right? So I don't just read it. I'm asking, I'm, I'm questioning the Holy Spirit. I'm saying, Holy Spirit, show me, teach me. What does this mean? Why did Jesus say, I am the vine? Why didn't he say, I'm like a vine? Why didn't he say, I'm as a vine? Why didn't he say, I am the vine? That surely that would have sufficed, right? And why did 
they say, I am the true vine. Because if he's the true vine, is there a vine that's not true? Is there possibly a vine that's, that's just not a true vine? And so as I grappled with these questions, God, the Holy Spirit, took me back to the Old Testament. And in the Old Testament, we see that God, or at least Israel, is described as the vine of God. Okay, go with me quickly to Psalm 80, verses 8 to 9. We can have them in the King James Version. And here we'll see how Israel is defined or described. So Israel, the children of Israel, is described as God's vine. Psalm 80, verse 8. Thou, and so this is the psalmist speaking. He says, thou has brought a vine out of Egypt. Well, who was brought out of Egypt? Israel was brought out of Egypt, right? Israel, a vine out of Egypt. Israel, a vine. Thou has brought a vine out of Egypt. Thou has cast out the heathen and planted. And there again we see God, the vine dresser, planting a vine. Amen. And so verse 9 goes, Thou preparest room for it and discourse it to take deep root and it filled the earth. It filled the earth. And so what we can see here in Psalm 80 is that Israel was defined or described as God's vine that God himself had planted. And the whole purpose of Israel and the whole purpose of the redemption of Israel was so that Israel would bear good fruit for God's pleasure. And we know that God did everything he possibly could, everything he could. But Israel just did not bear that fruit. It could not. It could not bear that fruit. In fact, Jeremiah 2 verse 21 in the New Living Translation, um, Wilma, has quite a scathing um, statement it actually makes about Israel. It says, but I was the one who planted you, choosing a vine of the purest stock, the very best. How did you grow into this corrupt, wild vine? So with this context in mind, Jesus' claim actually come, becomes so profound, right? So here he is saying to the, to the disciples, there is a new vine in town, the true vine, in the true vine of God, and I am the true vine. Where Israel was imperfect, I am perfect. Where Israel failed to produce the fruit that God was looking for, I will succeed. Where Israel failed to fulfill God's righteous requirements, I am the fulfillment because I am the true vine. So Jesus says, I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman. Verse 2, John 15 verse 2. Amen. John 15 verse 2, so we're carrying on, I'll carry on. Jesus then says, every branch in me that bears not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it. Other versions of the Bible say, pruneth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. And so here Jesus starts to describe two vines, right? So remember, he's established that he's the vine, he is the true vine. And he's starting to now describe two types of branches that are attached to the vine. The first branch he describes as one that's fruitless, okay? And I just want to point you to something. He says, every branch in me that bears not fruit, he taketh away. Okay? That word taketh away is the Greek word aero. Aero. In some versions of the Bible, in fact in many places of the Bible, it's actually translated lifted up. Picked up. Wilma, if you'll just show me the picture, the picture of the vine, right? 
You know, I never grew up on a vineyard, okay? So with me, these concepts really just baffled me, okay? And so I thought I'd teach you for free some of the things that I learned um, while I was studying about vineyards, okay? So this is a vineyard, and as you can see, a, a branch that's attached to a vine has no mechanism in itself to support itself, right? And the branch needs to be supported so that it can bear fruit. And so what the vineyard dresser does is he creates what are called trellises. So those crosses, can you see the cross? Jesus in his cross? Quite nice, actually. And he effectively supports um, the branches on there, right? So with this picture in mind, let's go back to verse 2 and see what Jesus is trying to say. He's trying to say, well, I believe he's trying to say, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, every branch in me that somehow come detached from my support or that supports, and is wellowing and withering in the dirt. I'm going to pick it up. I'm going to lift it up. And I'm going to support it. So it can have every good chance to bear fruit. Every good chance to bear fruit, church. Wow, what a good father, eh? And so God is saying, even to you this morning, you know, even if you're down, you're down. You may be down in your depression. Down in the dirt. Remember the, the prodigal son eating in the pigsty, in the dirt, God is saying, I want to pick you up. I want to lift you up. And I just want to support you so that you can bear fruit. And then God, oh, and I love this because it's actually very consistent with Psalm 154, verse 14. In the New Living Translation, it says, The Lord helps the fallen, and he lifts those bent beneath their loads. Amen. So that is such a vivid image that God, Jesus was trying to portray to his disciples just before he, he was about to go on his, um, to the crucifixion. And then the second type of branch we see, this is a branch that's, that's fruitful. Okay? And, and Jesus says, every branch that bears fruit, he purges it. Other translations of the Bible say pruneth it. That word purgeth actually comes from the Greek word katero. And the Strong's Concordance describes it as to cleanse. Okay, so now this again, I'm giving you a, a lesson in vineyard keeping for those who are going to be vines, own wine farms in Stellenbosch. Take it, take it, take it. Okay. And so what the vine, in the olden days, what they used to do in order to um, protect the branches and the vine and to really keep them free from pests and disease and parasites and dirt, those things that would weigh down the branches and prevent them from producing more fruit, the vine keeper would cleanse them. He'd wash them with water, just to keep them free and clean and clear so that they would bear more fruit. Amen. Amen. And so here, I love this verse so much because it so clearly depicts the, the loving nature of my Father, of my God. For those branches that are not fruitful, He, what does He do? He picks them up. He lifts them up and he, and he supports them so that they can have a chance to also bear fruit. And for those branches that are fruitful, he cleanses them, he washes them so that they can be more fruitful. Amen. And while I was studying for this scripture, I really started to encounter some really bad stuff. So I thought I would attack it right now and, and, and kill a few sacred cows, okay? And so what you'll find later on is that in context of the vine, we are actually the branches, okay? And so what I came across, and I really want to deal with it right here, is this purging process, okay? So many people, 
unfortunately in the body of Christ believe that this purging process is some painful cutting process where God uses sickness, disease, germs, poverty, you name it, all that bad stuff to prune us. But that cannot even be far from the truth of the word of God. In fact, if we go to verse 3, Jesus tells us exactly how God prunes us. He says, now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. And that word clean is actually the word, Greek word, kataros. Remember kateros? It's very closely related to kateros. And it means free from impurities. Okay? So John, 3, 5, John 15 verse 3 is, is making it quite clear that you are cleaned through the word of God, children. You are cleaned through the washing of the word. The Bible also says, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, a truth is established. And so I'm going to give you two other witnesses, okay? And if there's anything you leave with today, these, this is really what I want you to leave with, okay? So we'll go quickly to 2 Timothy 3.16 in the New Living Translation, okay? And here it says, God's word, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives it corrects us when we're wrong sickness disease poverty does not correct us the word of god corrects us when we're wrong and it teaches us what to do ephesians 5:26 that he might sanctify that Christ might sanctify and cleanse it. Here, cleansing the church. So Christ might sanctify and cleanse the church with the washing of water by the word. God's word is his method of pruning us. God's word is his method of purging us. Church, he does not need the devil's help to clean us. He does not need the devil's help to clean us. The Word of God is living and powerful. The Word of God is alive and powerful. Hebrews 4.12 says, It is what? It is sharper than any two-edged sword. So the Word of God is what cleanses us. Okay. Okay, that detour done? Okay, sorry. Let me just add to that, okay? The problem, the problem with thinking that it's God who's giving us sickness, disease, poverty, all that tragedy and killing babies and giving us cancer, right? Is that if you believe that it's God, you will not resist it. You will not resist it as a lie from the pit of hell. And if you do not resist it, it will not flee from your life. So church, if there's one thing I need you to get, God is good. God uses the word. He is good all the time. All the days of your life, he is good. And he uses the word to cleanse you. He uses the word to help you bear more fruit. Amen. Okay, that established. Jeez, we're running out of time, so I'll be quite quick. So Jesus continues, okay? He's revealed he's the vine. He's revealed that God, his father, is the vine dresser whose sole responsibility it is to lift up, pick up, support. And those who are not, you know, those who are fruitful, cleansing through the washing of the water, the word, and supports. And now for the very first time, he starts to speak about our relationship with the vine. Our relationship with the vine. Verse 4. He says, abide in me, and I in you. 
He says, disciples, as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself except if it abides in the vine. No more can you except if you abide in me. And he says, disciples, come on, come on. Can you not see it? Verse 6, 5. I am the vine. You are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit. Can you see that progression? Can you see that progression? We read earlier that if we have fruit, we are cleansed so that we can bring forth more fruit. And now Jesus is saying, if you continue to abide in me and I'm abiding in you, you will bring forth much fruit. Amen? And so I love these chapters so much because I think for the first time, our role, for the first time I think in all the I am statements, our role is made quite clear in relation to what Jesus and who Jesus describes himself as. Amen. He says, we are the branches, Jesus is the vine. Again, two fundamental questions are being answered in these two verses. And these are fundamental questions that I've had, I continue to have, and many people uh, uh, all over the world have. And, and those two questions are, who am I? What is my purpose? And effectively, Jesus has answered these two. He said, you are branches. You are branches that are meant to abide in me, Jesus, the source of life. And what is my purpose? Why do I need to abide? So that I can bear forth fruit. Not only fruit, but more fruit and much fruit as I continue to abide. You see, church, God's purpose is for us to bear fruit, to be productive in life to increase, to grow, to move from one level of glory to another level of glory. And why is that? Because fruits, church, is the visible, the tangible evidence on the outside of a believer that Christ lives in us. When people are seeing you and they're getting retrenched and you're getting promoted, they're looking at you and they're saying, what does she have that I don't have? When people are getting fired, your company is closing down, and you're getting three job offers, people are looking at you and saying, what does he have that I doesn't have? What does he have that I don't have? And that fruit is a witness to Jesus. That fruit gives you an opportunity to tell people about Jesus, the vine, your source of life. In Jesus, you live, you move, and you have your being. Amen. Amen. So fruit leads non-believers to Jesus. And that is why God tends that vine. To make sure that not only are you producing fruit, but more fruit and much fruit. Amen. And so Jesus in verse 4 says, well actually in the whole of John 15, he he speaks a lot about abide. Abide, 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 abide. And abide is that Greek word meno, meno, M-E-N-O. And it means to stay, to remain, to continue, to endure. It gives the idea of permanency, right? And I think um, I was talking to Pastor Tafara and we were thinking about it. You know when we are fikered and they ask us for our proof of address and they typically want to know where your abode is. Where are you belonging? Where are you continuing to live? And as proof, they want about three to six months worth of of statements or, or whatever it is. They don't want you to provide evidence of a place where you're coming and going as you like. They want you to provide evidence of a place where you are abiding, 
remaining, enduring in. Amen. Not going as you come and go. And here I have to say, um, which is sad, many Christians are not abiding. I, I came up with this description. I think many Christians are living a cell phone. So forgive me for this. I'm not calling you a cell phone. I'm saying as a cell phone. And here's the analogy, you know. Um, Christians come to church. Live, Christians living as cell phones, and that's not none of you. Come to church on a Sunday. They plug in to the power source. They plug into the word. They're all charged up. Yay, ready to go, ready to go. And as they walk out that door, they unplug. And off they go. One week, two weeks, three weeks. Four weeks, one year, two years. And then the phone starts beeping. One percent. The battery's dying. They're don't, not doing well. They've disconnected. And here they come again into the church and they plug in. They're good to go. And they're charged. And off they go again. And six years later, the battery's at 0.5%. You get the picture, right? God, or oh Jesus here is saying, Stop being a cell phone. Stay plugged in. Stay connected. Abide. Abide. Jesus is saying if you want a fruitful life, if you want to see increase, you want to see growth, you want to see progress, you want to see progression, you want to live the overcoming life, it's so simple. All you need to do is abide in Jesus. Be a branch. Stay connected to your source. Let his life flow you through you. Let his ability flow through you. Let the resurrection life that we learned flow through you as you just learn to abide. Remain in Jesus, your source of power. Amen. And you know me, I'm so practical. I'm so practical. I want to know what is that abide. Because I think for so long, so many of us are caught up in this Christianese. Abide, abide, abide. And we actually have no clue what it means. Okay? So I want to just share with you some practical ways of actually abiding. What does this whole abiding mean? How do, how do I abide? How do I stay connected to Jesus? Amen. And so I've got four points here just quickly. The first one is, and this is the most primary and foundational way of staying connected to God. Spending time, regular time in the word of God and letting his word dwell richly in you. Amen. John 1 and John 1, we're not going to go there, but we know that the word became flesh and dwelt amongst men. In other words, the word is Jesus. Spending time in the word is spending time with Jesus. Spending time in the word is abiding in Jesus. And so Jesus says, abide in me, abide in my word. But he says, don't stop there. He says, you must abide. I must abide in you. In other words, my word must abide in you. Colossians 3.16 says, let the word of God dwell richly in you. And how do you do this? Through believing the word, meditating on the word, meditating on the word until it's dwelling so richly in you. Because as it dwells richly in you, guess what? Jesus is dwelling richly in you. Amen. So, Find time, church, to regularly put, the word, put, time, put some time in the words. You know, I'm a, I'm a mom. I've got two kids. I work a job. I come home late. And so sometimes, I, sometimes, in order to just make time for the word, I have to wake up at 5.30, tell them, right? And I have to run away into the garage, lock myself up in the car in the dark, and read my Bible so that my children don't find me. 
But I can't leave this home without spending time in the Word, without dwelling and abiding in Jesus. It's just become a lifestyle for me. So if I have to move heaven and earth, I will, just so that I can abide in Jesus and tap into that power source for my day. Amen. And so number two, it's not enough to just abide in the Word and have the Word in you. You must do the Word. Do the Word. The Word that is truly alive in you is the Word that you, not only that, that you know, but that you actually do. Amen. And so to be a true abider, we have to live as Jesus lived. And how did He live? He lived in true obedience of doing the Word. Remember He says, I only do what I hear my Father say. Okay? Third one, through prayer. Now, prayer, our church, is communicating with God, right? It's not just doing all the talking. I mean, honey, how would you like it if all I did was talk, 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 talk? Never let you talk, 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 talk. But sometimes you'd be frustrated, right? And also, prayer is not just about asking. I want this, I want this. Oh, it reminds me of my four year old daughter. I want this, God, I want this, I want this, Ella. No, prayer is a two-way thing. It's a two-way relationship with God. And I know um, Pastor Tate is going to teach a really powerful sermon in prayer in Bram. So if you guys want to catch it next year, I I strongly suggest you go there because I think there are lots of misconceptions about prayer and what prayer is. So you're going to be really blessed. So make sure if you're in Bram, you go to that, okay? It's talking to him, communing with him, fellowshipping with him, okay? Paul says in Thessalonians, pray without ceasing. Pray all the time. Pray in your car. Pray in your bath. Pray in the shower. You sing already, don't you? Pray. Talk to your father. Say good morning to him. Amen. And most fundamentally, and that's the fourth point, is through fellowship with other, with other believers, okay? So God often uses other people to encourage us, to speak life into us, to rebuke, to comfort us. I know there are times, and, and, and oh, sorry, apologies, our vehicle in Faithful Church for being in constant communion with our fellow believers as life groups. Remember we, we said we do life together? And there are times for me where I've just felt so discouraged by work and so discouraged by what's happening. And when I've gone into gathering with fellow believers through my life group, I've come out feeling uplifted, ready to go, ready for the day, ready for the next week. And so that is what God wants you to remain connected to. Remain connected to other believers. Don't forsake the gathering of saints. Because if anything, one, they'll prevent you from being the cell phone Christian, right? And most importantly, they'll prevent you completely from disconnecting. Okay. And so, and I will close because I know I'm running out of time. Jesus is really saying, get plugged in and stay plugged in. As we remain in Jesus, God's life flows through us and we produce fruit. Amen. And so now, you know, I study the Bible and I was asking myself, well, what happens when we unplug? <laughs> nice, Holy Spirit. What happens when we unplug? What happens when we become so busy with our day-to-day lives, so busy, we don't, we don't have time for life groups, I don't even have time to pray, I, you know, I haven't read my Bible in, you know, one year. You know, what, 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 what happens to us when we stop abiding? Verse 6, so going back to the scripture. If a man abideth not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burnt. And so Jesus is saying, if we do not remain and continue to abide in Jesus, we become withered up. And that word withered up is to shrivel up. Have you seen shriveled up? I'm going to show you some nice examples now. To lose or cause to lose energy force 
or freshness. He's saying we cannot produce fruit. We cannot because we are no longer connected to the source that provides the fruit, or at least the source to provide the fruit. We lose our freshness. Our lives begin to wither. We begin to wither in our finances. Perhaps we even begin to wither in our health, in our progress, in our careers, in our businesses. And that is what happens when we disconnect from the vine. So I was running this morning, and the Holy Spirit led me through another route. <laughs> and I got specimens to show you guys, okay? Um, I, th I think they're quite profound because they illustrate what happens to a branch, or at least a, 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 a branch, when it disconnects from the source of life. So this is a branch that's recently disconnected, right? You can see it's still looking green. It's still looking fresh. There's some leaves there. There's no fruit. It's not really connected to the source of you know, life. There's no sap flowing through it, okay? But it's, it's looking okay, okay? But the process is starting, okay? And here is another branch. This has been some weeks. I spoke to someone passing by, and he said it's probably been there for about a month. And you can start seeing it's, it's starting to shrivel up, right? It's starting to become quite dry and quite brittle. Yes, the leaves are still there, but they're now starting to lose their energy, their freshness. No more green, okay? So that's the process. Newly, newly, newly detached, it's detaching. Okay, so this is probably a month until eventually it starts to look like this. You see, even the brown leaves have fallen off, okay? There's just no life in it to even sustain even those brown leaves. It becomes fertile. And how many of you know that I can pray over this branch? I can over this branch. I can speak life, life, arise, wake up into this branch. But one thing that's inevitable is that it will never produce fruit. It cannot produce fruit. Why? Because it's become disconnected from the source of life. It's become disconnected to that source that enables it to bear fruit. And that's what Jesus is trying to illustrate quite nicely in a pair of branches there. What happens when we become disconnected to Jesus, when we're no longer abiding in him and letting him abide in us, we begin to wither. And yes, it can take a week, it can take a few months, it can take a year, but whatever, whatever time frame that is, the results are inevitable. It cannot produce fruit. It cannot. Amen. 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 There is hope, though. Pastor T and I did some studies, and we found that a branch can actually be re-engrafted onto a tree. So if you're in that place where you're feeling dry and brittle, and you're losing freshness, and you're losing life, and perhaps it's because you've stopped abiding, come back to God. Come back to Jesus. Come back to the uh, source. You can be re-engrafted into that vine. You can be re-engrafted into that into that source of life. Amen. And just in closing, we're going to read verses 7 and 8. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. And so church, that's an added benefit of abiding in the source. Abiding in Jesus, staying connected, and remaining connected, that you will receive answered prayers. Your prayers will be answered. Amen. And verse 8 ends off and it says, Herein, in other words, by this is my Father glorified. My Father gets all the glory because of this. That ye bear much fruit. Much fruit. And so shall ye be my disciples. Amen. And so, church, you see that God is not glorified by barrenness. God is not glorified by a... Uh, 
a, a, a defeated life. God is not glorified by you not being fruitful and productive in things that He set you to do. He is glorified by fruit. And Jesus says, then and only then, once you've got that much fruit, shall you be my disciples. Shall you be my followers? Amen. Let us stand on our feet and pray. Father, we just want to thank you for today, Lord. Jesus, we want to thank you. For, thank you, thank you, thank you that you are the vine and we are the branches. Father, we just want to thank you that you are the source of our lives. You are the source of every good thing we need in life to be fruitful, Father. Father, I pray for this church. I pray for everyone under the sound of my voice. I pray, Father, that they may stay connected. They may continue to abide in you. And your words may continue to abide in them. Father, some of them just are not, don't have time, Lord. And I'm, I'm speaking, I mean, I'm saying, Holy Spirit, show them. Show them ways in which they can continue in their word. Show them ways in which they can reorganize, realign, reshuffle their lives. So that the only thing they do is abide. Abide in your words. And Father, I thank you that as they do, not only will they produce more fruit, but they will produce much fruit. Father, thank you for victory. Thank you for an overcoming life. Thank you that as we are connected to your source, we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. Father, thank you for your ability. Thank you for your strength. Thank you for creative and witty ideas. Thank you for innovations like no other. Thank you for fruitfulness in our lives, Father. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you are the vine. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Wasn't that awesome? Oh, man, that was awesome. That was loaded. Amen? Man, God is good. We love you. God bless you. Remember, next week uh, is our last service for the year. Uh, it's going to give you uh, two Sundays, an opportunity to go and check out uh, other churches and uh, just, you know, relax and have a good time praising the Lord. Amen. But we love you. God bless you. And remember these words from 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7. For we walk by faith and not by sight.